the NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Claim your risk-free bet up to $500 over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash betrivers at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash betrivers. We're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player pots, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hobets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. Plus, this is the last day, Tuesday, to get everything 20% off the merch store with promo code cyber. Use store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com to go to that merch store and use promo code cyber. I'm just about that action, boss. with another edition of the NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. No me, no the voice, no the guy. It's me, really real, feeling real. It's Ralph from Jr. here at your service. Let's go ahead and get this out the way. Uh, oh, wait, no. Do we not have that one? No, we don't have Patrick on this one. All right, well. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Hitching my horse on a one and eleven ATS Dallas Cowboys team, perfectly fine losing that one. I'm 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 perfectly fine. Uh, my co-host is a closet Cowboys fan, so you know par for the horse for him. But as a notorious Cowboys hater, perfectly fine losing that bet. Even though Ron Rivera, I mean Ron Rivera, you had your chances. You had your chances. You let the momentum shift all the way to their side of the ball. Now we're here talking Cowboys again. Scott Studio Rochelle. Scott, what's going on? Scotty, beat me up. <laughs> Surprise. Yeah, doing pretty well. Can't complain. Hopefully all of you had a nice Thanksgiving. Uh, I do want to point out, by the way, that I do have some breaking news to share with all of you. I'm now 3-0 on show bets, so that's where we're at right now. Uh, Cowboys covered the 12, no complaints. Uh, game went the way that I thought it would. thought the commanders would hang around. Then they would be just getting buried by the end of the game because they've quit on Rivera. They did. Defense is terrible. Dak went off, and you saw them stat pad a bit at the end. But the commanders are a lost cause. The Cowboys, once again, are a team that probably is going to lose in the second round of the playoffs to either the the Eagles or the Niners, but they're really good against bad teams, at least for the most part. And I do think that the commanders are the definition of a bad team. So overall did pretty well on Thanksgiving and hopefully that carries over when we go back to the one game slate here in week 13. Yeah. And I mean, we'll talk about those aforementioned Dallas Cowboys who are getting a week off in preparation. So we're the Seattle Seahawks coming back on this Thursday night game slate in Dallas. Seahawks catching nine. I've seen this up as high as nine and a half. Nine and a half. They're catching nine. 46 is the total here at Bet Rivers. Ah, I mean, you faded them last time. So you want to go back to it or are you? No, I'm 100% going back to it. Okay. This is because this is 
This is the sleepy spot here. This is the sleepy spot in between Thanksgiving and going and playing the Eagles on the road in Philly. Now, you're sitting here. You have a Seahawks team that above 500 could potentially be below 500. At this point in the season, it feels like this game for the Seattle Seahawks is a, all right, if we feel like we have a really good shot at still making the playoffs, we got to start showing something. Maybe not going out there and definitively getting a win, but you got to start showing life. And so this feels like a very, very big get-up spot after losing to the Niners division rival last week on Thanksgiving or getting destroyed in that game, honestly. And between the Cowboys dominating the Commanders and then now prepping for the Eagles next week, it, it feels like it feels like a very, very sleepy spot where you see one of those Cowboys games similar to the Cardinals, where they're clearly better than the other team and the other team steps up and catches them when they're not paying attention. So, I mean, I like Seattle here. I think this is a pretty good spot for Seattle. I like getting points with Pete Carroll. Plus nine feels like too much for Mark McCarthy, Mark, Mike McCarthy and company. Yeah, for me, I can understand your angle if the Cowboys were maybe one game behind in the division, but they're two. So if Buffalo ended up beating the Eagles last week, I might agree with you, but they did not. So they basically need to win out to have any shot of catching the Eagles. They're not going to, but the Eagles do play the Niners this week, so maybe they can make up one of those games. I'm going to link to Dallas, just simply put. This team's too good at home, at least against bad teams. To go through the actual margin of victory in the home games, they are 5-0 and at home. Played the Commanders, one by 35. Played the Giants, one by 32. Played the Rams, one by 23. Played the Patriots one by 35, played the Jets and one by 20. Now, there are a lot of bad teams, really bad teams, teams that are worse than Seattle on that list. The point is, though, they've won all five home games by at least 20 points. And Seattle, we've talked about it for the last couple of weeks. We don't think this team is actually that good. And I think that when you're looking at Seattle being a fringe playoff team, I group them with Minnesota. They're a team that might make the playoffs. They'll get buried in the first round if they do, but they're not very good. And I don't like the current form of this team. Defensively, they've kind of struggled a bit lately. Offensively, Geno has not looked good. They didn't score a touchdown offensively against the Niners last week. Their one touchdown came on a pick six. I'm going to go with Dallas here. The fact that this team is that dominant at home does tell me that I think they're going to be able to take care of business. I think Seattle hangs around like we saw in the Commanders game, but eventually there's an avalanche. Gino turns it over a couple of times. They get after him, and I just think that the Seahawks are going to struggle, especially with Kenneth Walker probably not playing in this game once again because he's not practiced all week. Give me the Cowboys minus nine, and they win this by like 14 or 17. All right, total sitting here at 46. This is fun because both of these two teams are actually getting their full week's rest. So I – I finally get to take an over on Thursday night that I feel confident in because this is not a short week where we're seeing a couple of days and then they're going out playing another game. No, this is an entire week's rest here. And I think that if this Seattle team can keep it close, like I expect them to, I think it's because they're able to find holes in that Cowboys defense that you can attack over the middle of the field. You can attack deep and it's just more of this Cowboys defense just not playing up to the level that they probably should play against this team. Gino has had really good bounce back games when he's had a really bad game over the course of this season. He's four and oh, well, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but uh, Gino's pretty, pretty good when he's had a, a pretty shitty game ahead of him 
and he comes back and has a really nice game. So I think this is just – it's really more of the spot for me. I think it's a terrible spot for the Cowboys, and this is a spot where I think that with the weapons that Geno has, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf on the side, the the tight ends that they have attacking the middle of the field, I think they'll be able to move the ball. So, yeah, I like I like the both teams' score here. Give me over 46. I think I'm going to lean over two. The thing is, if I'm picturing Dallas scoring 31 points, do I see Seattle actually getting to 15? I'm going to say yes. I think that even though the Cowboys defense had the pick six at the end and the game got really out of hand very quickly, the commanders did move the ball for some of that game. Samuel at 100 yards, Hal at 300 passing yards. They did a good job against the ground game. But I do think Seattle can move it to some degree. So I think I am going to lean to the over. I mostly like Dallas team total over in this game. But I do think that Dallas is going to do enough of the heavy lifting where Seattle can capitalize on either garbage time or maybe a slow start, find a way to 17, give me a 31-17 final. And before we talk about our first touchdown bets here, yeah, to talk to you about Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers available in 14, over 14 states, plus Ontario, Canada. They have some of the best live betting markets. So make sure you take advantage of that and a whole bunch of props that you have. And I like I like hanging out over at the Rivers Casino. You know, I spend I spend my my nights over there at the Rivers Casino, especially on Thursday night football. So I made an account deposit- there like three weeks ago, right before we became sponsors with them. So I actually made an account coincidentally, like a week before. See, you you were ahead of the game. I bet Rivers play of the day. I'm going Seattle plus nine. I think this is a great letdown spot for the Cowboys. Cowboys always give you those games where you're like, why did you lose this one? Why did you not play up? Play? Why did you play down the competition in this one? I think that this is that same spot with Seattle. Sign up with our link and you get a risk-free bet up to $500. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash betrivers. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash betrivers. Problem gambling? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Scott. We had a hiatus in first touchdown, I think. I did it for last week. I don't think you did. Yeah. Did you? I don't think you hit. I don't think I did either. Uh, I did not. No. All right. I'm going first. To be fair, I only did two per game. I didn't do four, so I didn't completely strike out, but it wasn't good. It's your fault. Yeah. Got to keep the system, Scott. Got to keep the system at all times. All right. I'll kick things off with first touchdown here. And, you know, Skyway's defense has looked pretty solid over the course of the year. But there is one spot that they are – you are able to attack them offensively, and that's over the middle of the field. They've given up six touchdowns to tight ends this season. That is tied for most in the NFL. I knew we were going to have the same pick for one of them. So, Oh, I mean, I the, when I went and I looked at the tight end numbers, and then I thought about how do – this tight end room is. I mean, if if the tight end room was ever due, this Seattle tight end room is due. Noah Fant, zero touchdowns on the year. Kobe Parkinson, zero touchdowns on the year. Will Disley, zero touchdowns on the year. For an offense that loves to throw the ball to their tight end and get their tight end in the end zone, this is this is not like Pete Carroll at all for none of his tight ends at week 13 and not have a touchdown. 
oh, they're going to break the seal this weekend. And when they break it, it's going to be great. So Noah Fant, 30 to 1. I found 44 to 1. 44 to 1. What about Parkinson? I have 55 to 1. Who's really, he's really more of the starting tight end, if you're being completely honest here. Uh, 55 to 1 for Parkinson. I'll pull up Parkinson now. Uh, but I saw Font at 44 to 1. So, yeah, Parkinson. I, even though, you know, fan, I'm just taking off of sheer principle, but Parkinson is really the guy that I'm like, oh man, I mean, it feels like he's the starter. He runs better routes. They target him a lot. Like, even when Disley, Disley isn't expected to play in this game, I think that opens things up more for Parkinson to see him more on the field. Uh, Kobe Parkinson feels really, really good. So, Fant, Parkinson, those are my first two. What was the price you said for Parkinson? 55 to 1. I found 60. 60. All right. Same thing. Let's do it. 61 Cody Parkinson. Dallas Cowboys defense and special teams at 17 to 1 because Gino is still an idiot. And I truly admit it. I admit Gino's an idiot. And Gino can absolutely lose this one for us. So I'll take a chance on the Dallas Cowboys defense at 17 to 1. And I will go with my last one, Dak Prescott. Just off of off of the sheer, you know, he's a mobile quarterback, has a chance to be able to get into the end zone. I think Dak Prescott has a decent chance of getting a first touchdown here. So I'll go with Rain to get first touchdown. His price is uh where is Rain at? Oh, 16 to 1. I'll do I'll take that. For Gino? Rain, Dakota Prescott. Oh, sorry, sorry. Um, my bad. Although, uh, although Gino is forty-five to one, and I think that's worth the sprinkle as well. Okay. Uh, yeah, I see Dak at thirteen to one. What I'm looking at. So, if you have a better price there, then you have that beat. But uh, for mine, I did four, but I did not do two per team. I did three for the Cowboys and one for the Seahawks. You know who the Seahawks guy is? It's Noah Font. We talked about it before. Forty-four to one. I'm going to take that. As for Dallas, I didn't go with any of the popular choices, but I went with a couple wide receivers. I got Brandon Cooks at about 14 to 1. He's had a touchdown in four of the last six games. His usage has gone up quite a bit recently. And I do think that looking at what the Seahawks are capable of doing defensively, I like their number one corner, of course, uh, in Witherspoon. I think it's very good. I don't like the other guys in the secondary. So give me Cooks to maybe burn somebody. I like him at 14 to 1. Besides that, Dallas defense special teams I have to take because this team is so opportunistic that I have to go with it, especially with Geno being relatively turnover prone. And my last choice is actually going to be Jalen Tolbert at 30 to 1. He played mm-hmm. more snaps than Gallup, than, uh, Gallup last week, and Gallup has a lower price. So I just think that he's mispriced here. Tolbert has been effective with limited usage. But the point is, I do think with Dak, I'm not saying that he's going to win MVP but he's in the running, and I do acknowledge that they kind of like padding his stats. We saw the pass to Turpin, for example, against the Commanders when they were already up by 30 at the time. I can see Dallas trying to pad Dak's stats and trying to let him throw it a bit more in the red zone in particular. So give me Tolbert at 30-1, to who's had a pretty underrated role with this team, and I think it's a good price. So give me a bunch of pass catchers for Dallas to help pad Dak's numbers Give me Cooks and give me Tolbert. Ooh, we be careful, Dak. Second in the league in red zone interceptions this season. Yikes. Don't throw, don't I didn't throw say he's going to win MVP. There. I'm just saying they're going to try to pad his stats. All right. Thursday night football player props here. Kicking us off with Tony Pollard over 19 and a half receiving yards. 
I mean, you have the Seahawks who are giving up the six most, most receiving yards to the running back position. They've given up this exact line in nine of the 12 games this season. And Pollard's actually been over this line in his past two games and five catches, six catches in the not catches. I'm sorry, targets five and six targets in those games. How I have the game script here going, I think that this is going to be a little bit more of a punch in the mouth for the Cowboys. They're going to be trying to move the ball downfield. I think that they're going to struggle moving the ball downfield, looking ahead in that aspect. And this defense for the Seattle Seahawks just kind of gets up a little bit more than they expected. I see a bunch of dump offs, dink and dak. So, yeah, give me Tony Pollard over 19 and a half receiving yards. Prop number one. I thought you were just going to read off all three. And then I was just going to go after. Mm, no, nah, I don't like that. All right, fine. Uh, so my first one's going to be a quarterback play. Give me Geno interception. It is minus 145, but I do like the game script quite a bit here for the interception. He's had at least one interception in five of the last seven games. Dallas is forcing 1.1 interceptions per game, which ranks tied for third in the league. Dallas is favored by nine. So you might be seeing a lot of pass attempts for Geno in this game. But as you said before, Geno can be an idiot at times. And I do think an interception is relatively likely in this mm-hmm. matchup. It's minus 145, so I know that it's steep, but I feel pretty good about it happening. Give me Geno interception at minus 145. I I don't hate it because Geno is an asshole. He really is an asshole at times. But I did back Geno this week. I really, really did. And that's with prop number two, Geno Smith over 226 and a half passing yards. I mean, it's I connected because the pass attempts are going to be there. Yeah, I th- and I and he has the, like Lockett and DK. They both found success against the Cowboys in the past. Like they both had really really good games against the Cowboys. I think that JSN can probably get behind the defense and get a really nice a uh, long a long catch there. And then the the tight end. I think the middle of the field with the tight ends is going to be open all day to just continuously keep the drives moving for him. He's only been over this line six times this season, but it's really more about the placement of the six times that he went over that line. He's 4-0 to this number when he did not hit this number in the previous game. When he had a bad game, he has come back and he's bounced back and he's gotten over 226 passing yards. I'm expecting Geno Smith to do it again, whether it's in a competitive game. Maybe I'm wrong and it's in garbage time. I think Geno Smith has the opportunity over 226 and a half passing yards. All right. Uh, for my second one, I am going to go back to Brandon Cooks. I'm going to take him over 40 and a half receiving yards at minus 115. He's had at least 42 receiving yards in each of the last three games. He's had at least 42 receiving yards in four of the last five. Once again, I do think that Dallas in general likes to call a lot of passing plays this season. Seattle's pass defense has been okay, I guess. I mean, Hall had some success against them. Pretty really didn't do much last week. Didn't need to because McCaffrey went nuts. But I do think that Cooks has been putting together a pretty solid last couple of weeks, and it does seem like Dak trusts him as the second option on this receiving core. Give me Cooks 40 and a half receiving yards over at minus 115. All right. And uh, end things here. I had to fade Dak some way, somehow. And so Dak, longest completion, under 38 and a half passing yards. So so little deep dive here. Seahawks are actually seventh in deep ball completion, a DVOA. They've given up this line in the first three games this season. After that, Scott, from week four on, they've only given up this line twice. 
they've done really, really good limiting yards after the catch, limiting the ball going down a field, limiting the big play elements by these quarterbacks. Dak has also not been good to this line. Seven and 11, he's gone under 38 and a half for his longest completion over this season. I don't ever drop a longest completion prop, but when I do, it's a goodie. Give me Dak under 38 and a half passing yards, longest completion. Yeah, my last one is going to be on the Cowboys kicker. Give me Aubrey. Brandon Aubrey. Over one and a half, minus 130. Been a bit quiet lately, but he still, still has no money. picture. I uh, still has no picture. That's a shame. Uh, Seattle, though, is allowing two field goal attempts per game, which is tied for the 13th most in the league. So a bit, you know, below average when it comes to field goal defense, I guess. But in the last three games, Seattle's been giving up a ton of field goals. Seattle's allowing 3.3 field goal attempts per game over the last three games, which is tied for the second most in the league. And Aubrey has missed some extra points, but he's perfect from the field goal department because he is 22 of 22. So give me the perfect kicker against a team that's allowing 3.3 field goal attempts over the last three games. I like that deal quite a bit. Give me Aubrey over one and a half field goals made at minus 130. All righty. And we've got a, all those props. So you know what we're going to do with them? We're going to dump them into prize picks and make a prize picks line up here. I mean, it, it there's, there's a lot to go off of here, Scott. We've given out six and we can load up and go all the way or we can play it safe and we can have just a nice little bankroll builder here for us on Thursday night football. Uh, I, I believe we're both there on the passing attempts being there for Gino. Can you get behind yeah. Gino over 226 and a half passing? Yeah, I can get behind that. All right. All right. And let's I mean, Hal got who... the 300 last week and the Cowboys. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't have an issue with that. I actually don't have an issue with your Brandon Cook's angle either. Brandon Cook's has been playing a lot better. I don't have him here, though, so we're not going to be able to play Brandon Cook. Do you Cooks. have Gino interception on there? Let's see. Can I? Even do, though you are picking Seattle, do, I think you do still like the idea of him throwing a pick. Am I able to do? No. I, well, I don't even have interception okay. for him, so don't right. have that at all. Let's see here. No kicking Aubrey? props for Brandon Aubrey either. Okay. Looks like this. Oh wait, no. Yes, we do. One and a half field goals made. Brandon Aubrey. We got to get you in the lineup somehow, Scott. All right. So, so we'll go higher there. And do you want to do Pollard receiving yards? I just want you to know that Brandon Aubrey also does not have a picture on Prize Picks either. Okay. So he's he's pictureless out here. I, I honestly I have no idea what he looks like. I don't the even think he's a real person. Is, is real. I don't think he's a real person. If we're being honest, I don't know if I can tell you what he looks like. I he's just some white guy who's good <laughs> at kicking field goals. That's really all I got for you. But, all right, all right. Here I am gonna I'm gonna audible because I don't see Tony Pollard receiving yards no. up here as well. I'm gonna throw DK Metcalf over. Not over. I'm sorry. More than. 57 and a half receiving yards here because I think it's correlated. Gino has a good day. I think DK's his favorite target is going to get over 60 receiving yards. So I think this is a good more spot for us here to back DK to back Gino. Even if this goes your game script in garbage time, I think we can still hit this regardless whether you hit the spread, I hit the spread and Aubrey. I mean, I like back in the kicker props because that just means the Cowboys aren't putting touchdowns on the board. So I'm perfectly fine with that. So I just put it into prize picks. Here you go. Three and three pick entry. We have Geno Smith more 
226 passing yards, 226 and a half passing yards. Brandon Aubrey, more one and a half field goals made. And DK Metcalf, more 57 and a half receiving yards. That pays a 5X or $20 gets you $100. $100 gets you $500. I think we just made some money, Scott. We so make sure you head over to whoaprospects.com slash SGPN. Use that promo code SGPN and sign up for our first deposit match up to hundred dollars. That's prospects.com slash SGPN code SGPN prospects daily fantasy made daily fantasy sports made easy. We're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting analytics platform with parlays, player props, and game lines. They got the revolutionary parlay optimizer that. It breaks your parlay down by leg, gives you an expected probability, gives you everything. Green, green, green. Remember green. That's what you want to see when you're on Hall of Fame bets to help give your parlay, your bets, the best possible chance. Download the Hall of Fame bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame bets. All right, Scott, we've made it to our DFS portion of the show. Kicking us off here, going over from one book, you have another book there. I went with my captain slot. <sighs> he ain't writing back this week. He ain't writing back this week. Geno Smith in the captain slot. I really, really did want to go one of DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett and just fade this angle that I have of the Cowboys playing down a competition in the secondary, just having an off day. Not saying that this is a bad defense. This is a pretty good defense. They've done good all year. But I think that this is definitely an off day right before the Eagles, right in a sandwich spot between two division games that we could sit here. We could see one of these receivers have a really good day. I can't pick. It could potentially be both. The Cowboys have seen both and given up big games to both. So, Geno Smith, have yourself a day, sir. Even one interception, you can still do well for me with three touchdowns and a bunch of yards. So, Geno Smith having himself a day there in my captain slot. I did tack on. Uh, DK Metcalf to stack him with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Both of them. I think they both really can have a good game in this one. And one of those rare wide receiver games get up against the Cowboys defense. Added Jack, Zach Charbonnet because I just came off of the mothership show and Kramer had something sticking in my head. He said that, Hey, I don't have anything to a hundred percent corroborated, but the word on the street is that Charbonnet had a pre-draft, quote-unquote, agreement with the Dallas Cowboys that ended up falling through, and this is the time. This is the opportunity for him. It all goes into my, I just think the Cowboys' defense is going to be bad this week coming off of Thanksgiving in the middle of prepping for the Eagles, where they're probably going to pull out all the stops. So I went with that large, massive stack in this game of just saying that the the Cowboys' defense is going to regress for a game, and Geno Smith will get up for one game, as he typically only does, Gino, DK, Lockett, Charbonnet brought it back with tight end Jake Ferguson. Seattle Seahawks still struggling against tight ends. Ferguson been getting a lot of looks recently. Really, really like how Cowboys been using them re recently. So Ferguson in the lineup. And then I did finish with your guy who also does not have a picture on this uh, DFS app, Brandon Aubrey. So for me, I did go chalk with the captain spot. I went Dak. I do actually believe Dallas is trying to pad his numbers to give him an MVP case. So I do think that he's in line to get a couple passing touchdowns. I don't think he's going to get to 300 yards, but I think he's probably going to get to the high 200s, maybe. 
like somewhere mm-hmm. around 270, give or take. So 270 and two touchdowns, good enough for me. I'll throw him in the captain spot. Did include Dallas defense. I think the sacks might be there. We saw Gino running for his life that entire game against the Niners. The Cowboys can get after him, and Seattle's offensive line is not exactly that great. So give me Dallas defense in the first flex spot. Give me Lamb. If I'm going to end up taking uh, Prescott, I am going to go with a stack there with Lamb. Lamb's been kind of quiet lately the last couple weeks, but he still finds his way into the end zone. Had a touchdown mm-hmm. last week against the Commanders, so I am going to go with him. I went with Aubrey as well. I think Aubrey's in line to have a good game uh, with field goal kicking. And then my last pick, the only Seahawk that I have, give me the low-budget Noah Font, who I think can have a shot at a touchdown. But I do think that at around a salary of 7000 on this platform, it's a very nice low-risk, high-reward option. Because yeah. if he gets his touchdown, not many people are going to have him. We mentioned before Dallas is bad against the tight end spot. Give me Font to find his way into the end zone for the first time this season as my final pick, the only Seahawk in my roster. All right. And now, lock and eight time touchdown to close this out, Scott. For my lock, I really like a lot of angles that I had here today. It feels like my favorite angle. Hmm, back Gino, fade Dak. Back Gino, fade Dak. Back Gino, fade Dak. Yeah, no, I think Gino, and I don't think Gino's writing back this week. I don't think he's right back this week. Give me Gino over 226 and a half passing yards. And that's really because I, no matter whether we talk about the game script you talked about or the game script I talked about, it feels like Gino's getting over this prop this week. Like, it's not too many times that the Cowboys give up this prop to a quarterback. Feels like everybody saw how Gino played on Thanksgiving. They're automatically going to run and hammer his under. But this feels like a sneaky, sneaky over spot for Gino. So give me Gino Smith over 226 and a half passing yards. That is my lock. For my touchdown scorer, I mean, I'm going big. I'm going big. My eyes lit up when I seen it. I kind of already knew I was going to do it. Give me Kobe Parkinson at 10 to 1. 10 to 1. Kobe Parkinson score a touchdown. We talked about how bad Dallas is against tight end position in terms of giving up touchdowns. They've given up tied most in the league. Kobe Parkinson. I argue he is the actual true number one tight end, not Noah Fant. So I'm going with Parkinson, 10-1. That's my touchdown scorer. Scott, Studio Rice Show, over to you. Yeah, so for my lock on this one, it is a bit juicy, but I really do like the Geno interception in this game at minus 145. It's going to be pressured, and he's going to make a dumb decision. And we know the Cowboys are willing to jump every single uh, route imaginable. Shout out to Bland, who set the all-time record for most pick sixes in a single season last week. But I, I do think that you're looking at Geno throwing a pick here. It is minus 145, so I do acknowledge it's juicy, but I do like it quite a bit. So my lock will be Geno interception. As for my anytime touchdown score, give me Brandon Cooks at plus 260. A reminder, he's had at least a one touchdown in four of the last six games. 260 is a good price for a receiver that I think is falling under the radar still. And even if you do think that Witherspoon's a great corner, he'll be on Lamb. Lamb gets all the attention. I think Cooks can find himself in a good one-on-one matchup. Give me Cooks touchdown at plus 260. All right, Scott, anything else for people before we get out of here? Not really. Hopefully we have a game that actually goes over on a prime time because every <laughs> game's gone under this season. Hey, man, uh, it's not, it's game not been out of short week. It was a disgusting game last night that I feel like should never be talked about again. And hopefully there's more points in this game than there was last night. 
technically it's prime time, but hey, Thursday night, now we got a, a full week. We might get some points. We might get some points here. All right, if you're not already, make sure you follow us at SGPN NFL. Make sure you follow us on YouTube at NFL Gambling Podcast. And make sure you like, comment, subscribe. Do all that stuff for the one person watching us. Make sure you hit the like button. For, but for everybody that comes through afterwards, or if you're listening wherever you get your podcast, make sure you leave us a five-star rating and review. He's at at Rush Show Radio. I'm at really real underscore underscore. And with that, I have nothing else to say, nothing else to do. No other way of doing podcasts. We're just going to do like this. Ah. <gasps>